the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get underway with a uh, Wednesday show. It is hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on uh, Monday. That's a good thing as uh, we make it through this week. Today will be our last really dry day for the rest of uh, the week for the most part. Look for uh, you know rain to intensify tomorrow and on Friday. In fact, I'm... Between both days, probably close to five inches of rain will fall. They're saying maybe uh, two and a half to three inches tomorrow as Laura runs over top of uh, here in Little Rock. Looks to me like Laura is following the the same uh, track as Hugo did a few years ago. And Hugo dumped just tons and tons of rain on us uh, before it uh, headed off into the... uh, uh, Mississippi Valley, but that's the way Laura is following that track. Uh, word on the intensifying Hurricane Laura is growing stronger by the hour right now over the Gulf of Mexico. Forecasters are warning the powerful system is going to be a catastrophic, their words, not mine, uh, Category 4 storm before it makes landfall along the Gulf Coast. As, as soon as it makes landfall, it's going to move to a three and then immediately wind down to a two. Uh, the National Hurricane Center in Miami said Wednesday morning that Laura is forecast to rapidly strengthen throughout today, bringing life-threatening storm surges, extreme winds, and flash flooding over eastern Texas and Louisiana. Uh, as of uh, just about 4 o'clock our time, the storm is located about 350 miles south-southeast of Lake Charles, Louisiana, moving northwest at 13 miles per hour with a maximum sustained wind of 110 miles per hour. It's now a dangerous borderline Category 3 hurricane that continues to intensify. Satellite images are showing that Laura has become a formidable hurricane in recent hours, uh, threatening to smash homes and sink entire communities. Laura has undergone a remarkable intensification, and there are no signs it will stop soon, according to the national uh, uh, weather folks. The uh, 4 a.m. advisory from the NHC has Laura becoming a Category 4 storm before making landfall overnight uh, tonight. We're already feeling some effects uh, from Laura, as you heard uh, Virginia talk about that in the uh, 
uh, weather in that scattered showers are uh, moving into our area already. I was looking at the color radar, and you can see them forming up and starting to train down I-30 uh, as it, it forms. Uh, it's becoming a large hurricane as it strengthens by the hour. Winds extending 70 miles from the center. Tropical, uh, tropical storm force winds ex- extending outward of up to 175 miles. It's uh, forecast to make landfall as a major hurricane with winds upwards of 115 miles per hour on the border between Texas and Louisiana early tomorrow morning. But conditions are going to go downhill through the day on Wednesday. Expected winds as Hurricane Laura makes landfall late Wednesday. Uh, You're looking at the eye of the storm. Winds sustained at 100 miles per hour. Impacts and hazards from the storm will be widespread, not just where the center of the storm makes landfall. A life-threatening storm surge of uh, 7 to 15 feet. Now, that's where a lot of the uh, damage comes from is that storm surge. Uh, The strength of the storm literally pushes a wall of water uh, up from the Gulf onto the land. And, uh, you know, 15 feet of water deep, 15 uh, uh, feet deep storm surge is uh, significant. That would put most houses along uh, the, the, the coastline completely underwater. Uh, it's going to inundate the coast just east of the trajectory. A storm surge warning is in effect from Fremont, Texas, to the mouth of the uh, Mississippi River. Hurricane force winds for several hours will cause damage to homes, businesses, and trees. Now, we've made a lot of um, headway in how we build uh, for hurricanes. I mean, you have to have a hurricane-built uh, home. If you do any work on your home or buy a new home now along the the coast of uh, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Florida, those areas that will withstand uh, winds, withstand being hit by debris and, and things of that nature. Um, uh, it's not just normal construction in those areas. So... Keep that in mind, but it will do a lot of damage. It's going to tear roofs off and things of that nature. Uh, hurricane force winds are going to cause the damage to the homes, the businesses, and trees. Power outages, uh, uh, of course, will be expected. Kind of interesting to me that along, and I know it's a it's a matter of cost. Uh, you know, I always I always get calls and emails about this after I say it, but it's still to me over time. Uh, would be cost effective to bury your your power lines instead of having them up on poles where they get ripped off all the time during hurricanes. A hurricane warning in effect from San Luis Pass, Texas, at the intracoastal city in Louisiana. Flooding also widespread from the hurricane. Again, anywhere between 5 to 10 inches of rain is expected with isolated totals of 12 to 15 inches which will cause dangerous conditions along the coast and well inland. A lot of flash floods, a lot of flash floods. And, um, you know, if you're going to be in that area, if for some reason you're traveling in that area, do not 
Let me repeat that. Do not drive into uh, moving water on the highways. In fact, even here tomorrow, when we have all that rain that we'll get, do not drive into moving water. It only takes takes about an inch of water. Roll it across. In fact, I'll talk to Joe and I'll talk to Duck about this in the 6 o'clock hour. It only takes about an inch of water uh, to move your car off the road if it's moving across the road. It doesn't take a whole lot. You'd be surprised. Uh, Looking at uh, the map, uh, what it's showing to us right now is uh, really heavy rain. Uh, in the two to four inch range, uh, trailing up into Little Rock and across from, I'd say, Texarkana, uh, all the way up uh, to the north uh, by Walnut Ridge and those areas tomorrow. So all that area, just just follow 30 up to 67, 167 north. Uh, that's what you're looking at. Uh, the rain's going to come up that way. It's going to find. It's going to follow the topography of the area. Uh, landfalling tropical systems can spawn tornadoes. Of course, that will be expected over parts of the lower Mississippi Valley tomorrow night into Thursday morning. Uh, we'll have uh, tornado warnings and watches tomorrow. I'm sure. The storm has forced the evacuation of more than half a million people along the Gulf uh, Coast. And, you know, they're really dealing with a lot down there because they got to deal with the surge. they got to deal with the winds. And they got to deal with COVID-19. Uh, the, the buses that are evacuating people, they're taking fewer people on the buses. Uh, they've got PPE equipment uh, on the buses. Uh, to be able to keep them as sanitized as they possibly can. So residents, about 385,000 residents, have been told to flee the Texas cities of Beaumont, Galveston, and Port Arthur. You know, I watch HGTV a lot, and they do a, a show called you know, Building on the Coast, uh, on the beach, pardon me, Building on the Beach. And I watch the people building these uh, you know, revamping homes, paying out, you know, $70,000 for a complete redo, $150,000, $200,000, and, and fixing these homes up that they already are paying $175,000 for. So it's a $300,000 home now, and they're building right on the Gulf. In Ga- and Galveston. Look, I know Galveston's beauty, uh, beautiful. It's gorgeous area. I've been down to the Gold Coast. I understand it's a siren song that it has. But I got to tell you what, I would be thinking long and hard about whether I want to build in those areas with as many times as they're uh, affected during uh, hurricane season. Because I got to believe that hurricane uh, uh, you know, the hurricane insurance that they have is just really, really uh, expensive. So with storm surge of up to 15 feet, rain up to 15 inches, hurricane winds up to 100 miles an hour in that area, it's going to be a long day tomorrow, a long 24 hours for the people along the, the Gold Coast. 
uh, in Texas and out into the east into Louisiana uh, while uh, Laura has made landfall. All right, so that's the latest on Laura. When we get back, tell you what the president is saying about what he will do uh, if you grant him four more years. I was sent some information yesterday. I'll share it with you when we come back. I'm Dave Ellswick. This is the morning show here on 101.1 FM. We've got news. we got weather for you at 618 in the morning on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, Mike, back with you, Dave Ellswick. Uh, again, we'll have special guests coming up at 635 uh, from the RNC, and we'll talk about what went down night two of the RNC. The First Lady spoke. Uh, she capped it off last night. thought she gave a really good speech from the Rose Garden. Uh, Bette Midler really stuck her foot in her mouth after, you know, stepping in a, in a hot pile of it. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but she she texted uh, right after the first lady spoke uh, that uh, amazing. The woman still can't speak English and then took other shots at the first lady as well. This from a woman who calls the president a racist and a xenophobe. Uh, you're a xenophobe when uh, you make fun uh, of the first lady because you say she's got an accent. Now, that's what we would say, uh, you know, as far as that goes. She has an accent. She's been in this country for a long time, but she still uh, has an accent. Uh, And Bette Midler just shot her mouth off about that. Also, uh, AOC yesterday in a tweet shot her mouth off talking about uh, how ridiculous it was uh, that the Republicans, uh, of course, uh, uh, mascot was an elephant, and that was the wrong thing to say because everybody else said, well, you guys got the perfect mascot, a jackass. Uh, and it's exactly what it is, is what they have. And said, you've given jackasses a bad uh, name. So that was what was going on on Twitter Uh, yesterday during the day and then last night. All right, the president started to to unveil his 2020 uh, uh, next four-year plan uh, for America. And I'm going to run through some of it. I I won't get real, real specific uh, unless the the specifics that I talk about I think are ones that you'll want to hear. And... What's interesting with the RNC convention uh, against the uh, DNC convention is those specifics of what this president wants to do in a second term, uh, the specifics of what the Republican National Convention wants to do, what Republicans want to do uh, in in a second term uh, for Donald Trump. So here's here's what we got. Jobs. That's the number one thing that the president wanted to talk about, uh, and rightly so. It was the thing that he ran on in 2016, and he delivered it in spades. If it wasn't for the pandemic, uh, this election would already be completely over uh, because of the uh, uh, economy. The economy, you got. I got. I think you got to admit since. Uh, Earlier this year, Wall Street fell 
uh, just uh, to a little over 18,000 points uh, because of the pandemic and shutting down, shutting down the economy. That's the reason our economy is where it's at. You know, Democrats would want you to believe that nothing happened to make the economy, uh, you know, be in uh, the recessionary uh, format that it was for that time. It's working its way out of it, uh, that it was it was all Donald Trump's fault. Not so as you should know. I would hope that you understand that, that it was the pandemic that did it. Uh, the government, uh, the president, shut down the economy at the behest of scientists out there, said he would never do it again. You got another person running for president, Biden, on the DNC side saying, well, if the scientists tell me, I'll close it down again. What scientists is he talking about? He's not even following the rules now from the CDC. He doesn't do what they what they want him to do unless... They beat his political standards uh, as a Democrat. So on jobs, the president is saying uh, he wants to create 10 million new jobs in 10 months. Now, that sounds like a heavy lift. But if you get the economy open, you get everything running again like it's supposed to, then that won't be a heavy lift. Uh, Let's just, just remember a couple of months ago, we created almost... Uh, a million and a half jobs in one month. And the pandemic still had over half of the country's businesses uh, closed. Create one million new small businesses. I'm going to tell you what, don't know if you've been watching, been noticing. uh, When you drive around, notice the small businesses that have gone out of business. I mean, they're they're not they're just not open anymore. You know, as I come up 67, 167 or come down uh, and I drive through that area along Warden uh, where they've got all those eateries, uh, several of them have bitten the bullet. You know, Chicago Pizza. uh, Was it uh, the, the Italian restaurant there? And others are not open any longer. And there's others along that uh, road from mattress companies to all kinds of other companies that have uh, closed down as well. The uh, DNC talks about $4 trillion in tax increases. Let me give you that number again. $4 trillion in tax increases. Taking the money out of your pocket and out of businesses to um, uh, do whatever they think it is, sharing the money with the people they think need it. Uh, And the president says, no, we're not going to do it that way. We'll do it the way that it works, and we've shown it that it works. We're going to cut taxes. That will boost take-home pay, and it will keep the jobs here in America instead of them going overseas. You know, if you want more of something... You make it, you know, you you cut taxes. If you want less of something, raise taxes. So the DNC is going to raise taxes, which will cut the number of jobs created, cut the number of businesses created, and will stall the economy. 
uh, the way the president wants to do it. If you create more jobs, you create more businesses, you have more people making a good living, more people are sharing the tax burden, and uh, the uh, uh, government will get the taxes they need to do the programs we believe are necessary uh, for the American people. So we will uh, talk further about this as we go along this morning. I only got through the first few things, but we got more to talk about. We got a special guest from the RNC coming up after the news. All right, back with you, uh, 25 minutes uh, to 7 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, pay attention uh, to what uh, Mayo is say, saying about the weather. Uh, we're going to start getting some effects of Laura uh, as the day goes on. About uh, uh, late in the morning, early in the afternoon, we should start seeing some showers. But tomorrow, rain's going to come down in proverbial buckets, uh, biblical rains like we like to talk about. Uh, two and a half to four inches in our area uh, throughout the day, and that will continue into Friday. So there will be a lot of flash flood warnings, probably some tornado watches go into effect, uh, you know, strong uh, thunderstorm warnings, maybe severe thunderstorm warnings as well. Because, uh, you know, hurricane can, it stirs the af- atmosphere pretty good. We do need some rain in Arkansas. Uh, I don't think that we need, uh, you know, four inches of rain all at once. That's never a good thing. Because if if the ground's too wet, it runs off. If the ground's too dry, it runs off. It doesn't, you know, a, a, a slow penetrating rain uh, is m- uh, much better uh, than a, a, you know, a bucket, uh, you know, poured. I mean, if you take a take a bucket full of water and walk out when the, the land's parched and it's cracked a little bit and things of that nature, and you just dump it, a lot of it runs, you know, if it's, there's any kind of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the land is not flat. The water runs the direction that the land is, you know, tilted as and moves fastly, uh, and fast. And that's what will happen uh, later tomorrow. So do be uh, careful out there uh, tomorrow when Laura comes through our area and comes knocking at the door. Uh, Boris Epstein is uh, joining us today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, I'm trying to have somebody on each day from the Republican National Convention. and uh, We've been lucky that that's happened. Uh, you all know that I am a solid, uh, fervent, uh, you know, backer of the president. I'm ba- I back him for his reelection, and we'll spend more time in the 7.30 half hour talking about what he wants to do in a second term uh, here in about an hour. But right now, let's get Boris on. Hey, Boris, how you doing, brother? Good, Dave. How are you? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, early morning today. Am I your first, or where am I along the uh, the feeding list here for uh, talking about the RNC? Well, you're one of the first. Let's put it that way. But uh, it, it's great to be with you. Uh, it was a wonderful night last night, punctuated by the First Lady's poignant speech and, and passion speech, effective speech, and uh, and it was actually it was an honor for me to be there in the Rose Garden last night and be there firsthand as the First Lady 
laid out the her really her story of the first three and a half years and and uh, the case for four more years for the Trump administration. Well, that's cool. You got to sit in the Rose Garden. How how does the makeover look that the uh, first lady did at the Rose Garden? It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, the it's uh, it's elegant. It's classy. And everything you would expect from uh, for what our first lady does. Yeah, fantastic. Bette Midler put her foot in her mouth last night, did she not? Did you hear about that? Uh, Bette, isn't that what Bette Midler does best? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that goes on. Somebody texted at her. I think it was Dana Lowe said, now, who would have known the wind, the wind beneath your wings was racism? I thought that was a pretty good one uh, that they uh, they shot back at her. But uh, uh, you know, she they made fun of uh, the uh, first lady's uh, accent, saying that uh, she couldn't speak English. And these this from the people who call the president a xenophobe and a racist uh, came. What well, deep what the in the oil does, comes right? out? The left is the left is hateful. The left is disdainful. Uh, and, and the left is only tolerant of, of their own. I mean, you look at the, the scary videos of the mob forcing people to to give their preferred gestures, which is the you know the, ra- the raised right hand, the raised fist, yeah. uh, and, and yelling at them in their face. There's video of that going around from Washington D.C. on Monday. I mean, this is scary stuff. This is scary stuff, and. Uh, and is being perpetrated, Dave, by the left. Imagine if the, the right did anything close to it, the national media would be up in arms going crazy. But because it's the left, it's being forgiven. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Kenosha, Wisconsin, they're shooting people now. They're shooting them with long rifles. And it, this is something that has absolutely got to stop. And it's not going to under the DNC. It is the president of the United States and the Republican National Convention that's saying, uh, we love our police officers because 99% of them are good people trying to do a very uh, thankless job from a, a lot of Americans. And uh, the, the, the Democrats, they're, they're loving all of this, you know, uh, trashing and burning down of our cities. Well, the the Democrats have become the party of the far left, and they say stupid things like, "Oh, these are peaceful protests." <laughs> two people, two people shot and and, and dead uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, so far, and and one injured. And this was just this was just from last night. So this is scary stuff that's going on, Dave, and uh, uh, and it's being perpetrated by the left, by the radicals who've taken over the Democrat Party. Joe Biden is nowhere to be found on, and Joe Biden is not condemning the violence in Kenosha. And let's be honest, you you take a look at at what is happening in places like Kenosha, in Seattle, in Portland, in Chicago, in New York, New York City, where murders are up 200%, it it lays out a very clear reason why we cannot have Democrat leadership in this country. Because Democrats fail time and time again to protect their constituents to protect the American people and hand the keys to the cities over to the left-wing mob. Well, they've been in control of many of these cities for 50 years. In Chicago's uh, case, almost 100 years. Same thing in New York City. Uh, and uh, they've destroyed those cities now. Uh, the, the 
their policies have come to fruition. Uh, the president has spoken about it many times. I'm sure he'll spend, he'll spend some time again on it uh, here during the, uh, the convention. Uh, so last night, how, how would you say that the convention went, and then what can we expect later this evening? Uh, last night was was amazing. Uh, you, you know, it was the, the the shots of the president of the United States pardoning somebody, the president of the United States uh, participating in a naturalization ceremony. That was great. It was, it was really it was really poignant. It was really really poignant. So, uh, you know, these were these were great great moments. You had Daniel Cameron, the Attorney General of Kentucky, speaking. African American Attorney General of Kentucky speaking to Joe Biden, saying, "No, we're not all the same, and and no matter whether you whether you vote whether you vote for Joe Biden or not, if you're African American, you're African American." So, right. and then the First Lady, of course, punctuating the night, talking about her experiences with sick children, talking about her experiences helping Americans across the country and people around the world, talking about how Donald Trump has America in his heart and how he all day, every day is working for America and Americans. It was a, it was a great night. Uh, Eric Trump gave an impassioned. Oh, he was good. Tiffany, was really Tiffany good. Trump spoke wonderfully about her father. It was yep. a really, really, really a great night. And, uh, and, and I think that that's going to really resonate with the American people. And then well, you had... Hey Boris, let me jump uh, in. It seems like it seems like it's already resignating. Uh, I, uh, I I read an article that said that uh, the president is up ten points with independence. Absolutely, the president. You know, we we moved four points in Rasmussen last week, uh, and while while Biden did absolutely nothing, and Reuters came out just this morning saying the bottom line is Biden got no no uh, uh, no bounce, no bump in the polls from that terrible socialist snooze fest that was the, the Democrat convention. That's not surprising. I mean, they really, really did a terrible job, the Democrats. You know, isn't you it, look a, at the, the, the articles, look in the, just real quickly, the, here's the false news that I wanted to talk about real fast with you. The, the, the mainstream media has been saying that Biden had more, has had more viewers for the Democrat convention than Trump for the Republican convention, but that's only if you factor out C-SPAN. If you put C-SPAN into the mix, there were six times as many viewers on C-SPAN for the president and the RNC than for the DNC, and the uh, RNC leaves the DNC in the dust. Again, here's that false narrative that's out there, and in fact, Fox News even follows it. Yeah, and, and you know the issue there is that was just night. That was night one A, and also that, that's not counting digital. If you count digital, the, uh, the the night one of the RNC beat the night one of the DNC by ten million. But you know, you give another example, right? Last yesterday, Trump pardoned John Ponder, yeah. African American man who's who's uh, uh, was a bank robber, convicted, and 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 then and then set free. Uh, he was pardoned yesterday. He's part of the movement. To uh, to allow people uh, ex cons to be back in the society to 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 reengage with America to really work uh, to, you know to really work toward uh, finding a new life and the New York Times what do they say in their headline Trump pardons John Ponder a convicted bank robber not that he's somebody who's part of a movement and part of 
the, the representation of how you can't have second chances in America. Do you yeah, really, he's, he's really all think behind. That's how they he's would- all, Yeah, he's all behind reintegration into society uh, with his uh, uh, his uh, particular. Uh, that's right. Thing that he's working in Las Vegas. So what are we what are we expecting tonight? Let's. I got a, just about two minutes left with you. Go ahead. Tonight you've got the, the second lady Karen Pence will speak, and then you've got Vice President Pence speaking from Fort McHenry, a beautiful setting here in Washington D.C. Expect another night of participation from the president, and and just compare and contrast that. President Trump has been a huge part of the RNC. And, and showing himself and talking to Americans, talking to to first responders, talking to the police, talking to those who've who've been who've been through COVID. And last night again, participating in the pardon of Mr. Ponder, and in the naturalization ceremony, we saw my Flotus at the first lady's speech as well. Compare that to Joe Biden being completely lost when he officially got the nomination for the Democrats. We all saw the video. He didn't know where he was. And, and, and then that, uh, that pathetic speech that Biden gave on the Thursday night of his convention. So tonight's the vice president. And then tomorrow, the big speech from the president on the South Lawn of the, of the White House is going to be electric. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Boris. And I want to thank you for joining us. You've been with us a couple of times before. You do an, a, a, a great job, Boris. Keep up the great work. We'll let you get on to the other stations that you're going to be talking with and uh, enjoy yourself at these events. Thank you so much. God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you, Boris Epstein, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got to get a break in. It's about 12 minutes till 7. I'll come back, wrap up for this uh, half hour. I'll, uh, you know, jump off on some of Boris's remarks and and uh, make some remarks of my, of my own uh, from the uh, Republican National Convention. It's been very good. I didn't think last night they could uh, outdo what had happened on the first night. And I was wrong. I'll tell you where I went wrong when we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah, kind of interesting, uh, the NBA players. And I was talking to a friend last night before I went to bed. I don't watch the NBA anymore. I don't. It's become too political. Guys play basketball, all right? Uh, Take the Black Lives Matters patches off of your jerseys and things. How can you support a group? That's torching cities in the in the United States. I, I don't get that part of it. And uh, I don't get how they all jump up and say, well, uh, we're in the playoffs and uh, I couldn't even, even enjoy a playoff win. They shot another black man to death in Kenosha, Wisconsin. But no words last night or today for the innocent people that were slaughtered in the streets of Kenosha last night. A couple people shot in the head. Uh, with people with long rifles. No words from those people now. You know, uh, th- those are deaths that can be, uh, of course, uh, accepted. Those are acceptable losses, evidently, according to the NBA. And, uh, you know, the NFL has turned me off if they're going to play the, ba- the black national anthem, the piece of music that they call the black national anthem, uh, before the national anthem, the anthem for all Americans uh, you've lost me as a as a spectator as well uh, you know Major League Baseball when they restarted playing uh, they did a lot about Black Lives Matter I haven't seen anything now nothing absolutely nothing uh, 
they, they did have Black Lives Matter, uh, their logo on their pitching mounds. Uh, I haven't seen that uh, lately. They've, they've gotten rid of that as well. They got, a ri- they got done with the whole politicization of everything and got on with playing baseball. So I'll continue to watch baseball right now un- until that changes, if it does. All right, I was talking about jobs uh, a few moments ago, about what the president wants to do in a second term. I talked to you about wanting to create 10 million new jobs in 10 months. And that means uh, January uh, through October of next year. He wants to create a million new small businesses. He wants to cut taxes so that he can boost take-home pay and keep jobs in America. And, of course, I reminded you, when you want more of something, uh, you don't tax it. When you want less of something, you tax it. Uh, I mean, look, they use taxes as a, uh, a punishment, for instance, for uh, smoking. And they've driven smoking down in this country. It used to be about, you know, close to 80% of people smoked in this country. Now it's well under 20%. And uh, part of that is, is when I smoked back in the 70s, I could go to a machine. And, yes, there were machines and bowling alleys and bars and and uh, all kinds of places all over the United States where you could put your money in it, uh, pull a knob, and you could get a pack of cigarettes. And I, I stopped smoking when cigarettes started costing 35 cents a pack. Some of you haven't figured out that you should stop smoking yet. And the cost of a pack of cigarettes in some places here in our country is over $4. I, I, I don't get that. I guess... You really, really are hooked. But uh, they're going to—they they're want to cut taxes. President does that will—that will create more jobs, create more business, and send more tax money in to the federal government for the programs you and I uh, deem, you know, necessary to fund. Uh, they want to in, in, uh, enact more fair trade deals that protect American jobs, like the new NAFTA. Uh, that we have. Uh, they want to do that. We still are uh, seeing some good things out of our trade deal with China. We'll see how long, much longer that uh, keeps on. New trade deal with Japan, new trade deal with uh, France and others uh, in England. Uh, they want made in America tax credits. They want to ex- expand opportunity zones. And finally, Uh, Under jobs, he wants to continue the regulatory agendas uh, that he's got for uh, energy independence. You know, we didn't get to be energy independent uh, just by waving a magic wand. Uh, We became energy independent uh, by allowing uh, the energy sector of our country to flourish. And uh, the vice president, Biden, who's running for the DNC, says uh, he and his vice president want to make it illegal to frack in the United States. Uh, If you get rid of fracking, you're going to take and uh, put uh, America uh, at the the whim of uh, the Saudis and the Russians again. Is that what you want to do? Is that what you think should be done? And 
and and don't say to me all oh, day, but we're going to have more solar and we'll have uh, more wind power. How's that worked out out in California? How's that worked out? Rodney uh, from the weekend show over on uh, our uh, Faith Talk station will join me next Thursday, not tomorrow, but the following Thursday. And we're going to talk about that. You know, wind and uh, and sunlight and water and all of those uh, types of, quote, natural, sustainable uh, energy uh, type things that we can do are good, uh, but only good if you tap them into natural gas and oil. And on top of that, if you look even further into it, you know, you've got to make the windmills. You've got to make the uh, solar panels. And guess what is the number one product that is used to make those? Ding, ding, ding. If you said oil, if you said uh, petroleum, you are absolutely correct. So this whole thing about about uh, sustainable fuels and things of that nature, uh, a lot of people don't give you uh, the information. I mean, the only reason we have ethanol, I believe, now is because politicians are afraid to cross farmers up in, uh, in Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, where they grow corn, because a lot of those farmers aren't growing corn for food. They're growing corn corn, uh, to be made into ethanol and made into gas because they're paid by the government uh, to do it. All right, we'll talk more about what the the president wants to do in a second term. But first, when we come back, we'll talk with Congressman French Hill from District 2 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. to the uh, 7 o'clock hour on a hump day, middle week day, over the hill day, closer to uh, Friday than we were on Monday. And joining us, as he does each Wednesday at this time, we've got Congressman French Hill with us. And, uh, Congressman, good to hear from you uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I was just, uh, I had talked to Boris Epson about uh, the RNC, but uh, in the first half hour of last hour and then the last few moments, I started talking about what President Trump is saying he wants to do in a second term. And, uh, you know, he's laying out his plan for the future. The Democrats didn't talk specifics during the DNC. All they talk is orange man bad. Trump must go. I mean, that's, that's basically what they what they talked about, where the RNC now 
is just a, a very uplifting, a very positive message going out. I thought it was great last night with the naturalization uh, swearing in there in the White House uh, with those five people who wanted to become American citizens. I didn't realize that the oath that they take uh, sounds a whole lot like the military oath. Were you aware of that? It was, Dave. Good morning. It's one of my favorite things I've gotten to do as a member of Congress is be the speaker at a naturalization ceremony at the federal courthouse in Little Rock. Always inspirational. I share your affection for that oath. You're exactly right. And there is no more heartwarming day than to see 40 or 60 people from 20 or 30 different countries with their families receive their American flag and their copy of the Constitution for the first time. It was touching uh, last night to see it, and that is the spirit of every one of those wonderful events. Yeah, that was great. It really, really was. The RNC, uh, the the convention, virtual convention, has had a completely different tenor uh, than the DNC. And because of that, I I mean, we're seeing a bump for Trump already among independents. He leads by uh, 10 points now. Uh, I mean, he's laying out his case for his first four years, and he's now beginning to lay out his case uh, what he will do if the American people grant him another four years. It's, a, it, 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 it's really been an uplifting convention thus far, don't you think? Oh, I think so. It's the Republican Party that uh, I love and respect to see Tim Scott, to see Nikki Haley, to see these young rising talents like the young attorney general, Mr. Cameron from Kentucky, or Mr. Jones. Uh, You know, these are people that are uh, up and coming, and they're proud to support the party of Abraham Lincoln, and they're proud to support a candidate who made a list of things he wanted to do if he was lucky to win the presidency. In 16, he did it. And the theme of promises made, promises kept is an important reminder to the American people of all the things that have happened in the last four and a half years uh, to get the economy back, to get America back in a leadership position instead of a cowering position internationally, and to give return freedom and opportunity to the American people to pursue their own uh, source of happiness. And as you say, looking forward, I'm excited about the agenda of continued regulatory and tax reform, continued finally maybe tackling immigration reform, maybe tackling and finishing the job of affordable health care. All these things that President Trump still has on his agenda to do. And it's a huge contrast to the Democrats. No kidding. I mean, look, we look at the vice president Biden and what he's saying that he's going to do. He is going to do just the opposite of what President Trump has already done. And uh, because we had to stop the economy, uh, you know, shut down effectively the most the, the greatest economic recovery and engine that the world has ever seen. And uh, now he's ready to restart it again. He's talking about creating 10 million new jobs in 10 months. He's talking about a million new small businesses. And how does he want to do that? He wants to cut taxes that would give people more take-home pay and keep jobs in America. What is so hard for the left to understand? Well, I, I know why they don't understand it, because they want power. But here's the key. 
Whatever you want more of, you tax less. Whatever you want less of, you tax more. And when you hear Vice President Biden saying that he wants to raise taxes by $4 trillion, can I say that that's going to cost us at least 2 million jobs? I mean, if, you're, if you tax people more, let's say in the oil fields, if it costs more to pull that oil out, they're going to not be able to pay more people money to go out and get the oil out if it's not profitable. Well, I think his plan would cost America a lot more than that because he's promised a single payer uh, health care in yeah. his debates, and Kamala Harris supports that. That would cost uh, millions of jobs because we're going to shut down private health insurance. He's promised to raise taxes. They're considering a wealth tax so that you would pay about 1% or 2% on your total net worth, liquid net worth, every year to fund the Green New Deal. And the Green New Deal will cost more jobs than it makes. We can't make battery storage life longer by snapping our fingers. And we're spending $600 million a year to research it now. And yet they want to go to completely renewable energy instantly and eliminate fracking. If you eliminate fracking, that's 19 million jobs in this country. So this plan of theirs doesn't hold together. It's for higher taxes, less choice, less control by the American people over their own careers, their jobs, their health care. And it's the wrong direction for the country. And Republicans are unified in carrying that message to November. Well, the biggest lie being perpetrated by the left is that, you know, the the uh, uh, we've got a terrible economy now because of Trump. No, we have a terrible economy, and I won't even say that it's terrible right now. The Dow broke twenty eight thousand. Uh, I'm saying we're, we're within about eight hundred points of being where we were before the pandemic struck. The bottom line is it was the pandemic that did it. Those scientists uh, convinced the president they needed to shut everything down. Um, if I think if you asked him directly, would he do if he was asked to do it again, would he? He would say no. So uh, but Biden is saying he's doubled down on that. He says if the scientists say close it again, we will. I mean, didn't we learn our lesson the first time, Congressman? Yeah, I mean, that's another one of Joe Biden's uh, bad ideas. But look, let's face it, he's had 47 years to uh, get it right. He's never gotten it right. This is his third attempt to run for president. It's going to be a failure, too. The guy has never had a real job signed the front of a paycheck or known what it's like to make decisions out in the private sector. Uh, And I don't take anything away from his personal story or the love for his spouse or the loss of his child. I appreciate all that. And my heart goes out to him for losing a child. There's nothing worse. But that doesn't that's not why we elect people to be president of the United States. Uh, So uh, I thought the Democratic Convention was the bland leading the bland. I thought it was grim, you know, and so I've been pleased to see the upbeat, positive, patriotic approach of the of the Republicans. Which you're, were you amazed that after that first night, I mean, the first night was, you know, was fantastic. And we get a second night. And I'm thinking uh, we're going to have a little bit of a a little of a downer uh, tonight. No, 
they they were able to meet the bar and go above it again in the uh, second night. And tonight we get to hear the vice president and the uh, the second lady speak and others. And then Thursday night, holy cow, get ready, South Lawn, the president of the United States and his acceptance speech. That should be fun to listen to. I do think we saw a touch last night with uh, Mrs. Trump of uh, this extraordinarily beautiful, smart, talented woman who grew up in Slovenia, wanted to come to America for the opportunity of America and did that legally and became a citizen. I thought it was a compelling story. And I'm reminded throughout government of the people I've met now who 25 years ago or 30 years ago were trapped behind the Iron Curtain who now Uh work in freedom in America. And Melania Trump's story is no less inspirational. Well, we can talk about the people who were trapped in other areas of the world that the United States came to their aid, and now they're free people. Let's talk about the the South Vietnamese. Let's talk about the Cambodians under Pol Pot. You know, let's talk about a lot of the people who have come from the Middle East. I know we've had some bad actors, but a lot of those people just wanted to get the heck out of Dodge. I mean, there was a lady last night from Sudan that became an American citizen. I mean, those are just great 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 stories about america i mean if america is so bad as all these people want to say and uh, who would want to move here well just about the whole population of the uh, of the world wants to move here if we we just threw our borders completely open well i was uh, brought to tears from maxio alvarez's speech the first night yes. the cuban businessman from south florida who talked about uh, his uh, immigration from cuba to the us and castro took over cuba and his passionate defense for freedom in america choice in america the opportunity to build a business in america the lack of government authoritarian is and his just um, it brought me to tears because every time I'm at a naturalization ceremony or meet someone who waited ten or fifteen years to legally become an American citizen, I have such admiration for him. I always ask myself, could you do it? Could you do it? Because most of Americans are the luckiest people in the world. They won the global lottery. They were yep, born they here in the greatest yes, country in the world. And I was just so moved by his speech, um, so touched by it. And I think he shares the emotions of millions of Americans, particularly in his generation, but of all generations that know how lucky they are to be here. All right, we'll come back. We'll finish up our conversation with the congressman here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Congressman French Hill from District 2, he joins us every Wednesday talk about What's the big stories in the news politically today? Of course, the big story is the RNC. Let's talk about what the president wants to do in the future. And uh, we're going to get a, get some speeches on that later on the week, some of it, uh, like our end our reliance on China. Uh, our uh, junior senator from Arkansas, Tom Cotton, is going to give a speech on Thursday, I think just before the president. Uh, gives his accept, acceptance speech about how Biden has, uh, you know, taken a knee to the Chinese. Uh, we'll talk about uh, that with uh, the congressman here in just a moment. 19 minutes after 7, don't forget about PI Roofing. They're ready to fix your roof. 
I mean, that's what they do. That's what they do best. Now, there's other things that they do. Uh, they can supply you with windows. Uh, they can put some siding on your home. They can, they can do it all to make your home uh, the home that you want. But their number one uh, professional expertise uh, is your roof. And your roof is the last defense against the elements. And let me tell you what, you got a leak in your roof right now? You're going to wish you didn't uh, starting tomorrow when we have two and a half to four inches of rain pouring down on it. Uh, you're going to have more water in your house. You need to stop that because that leak is not just uh, causing a problem. Uh, with your roof, it's getting through those shingles, that felt, and that wood on top and getting into the infrastructure of your house and attacking it. Uh, it's attacking drywall. It's attacking insulation. It's causing mold. You need to get it fixed, and the best company to fix it is PI Roofing. Call them, 707-3551. 707 or visit them online, piroofing.com. They're the roofing company I use and a lot of other people I know use because they're the best. That's P.I. Roofing. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show in the morning. We'll have more traffic, weather, and uh, a lot of other things as we continue on here on the show. we got uh, Rush coming up at the bottom of the hour. But right now we got uh, the congressman from District 2, French Hill, on with us. Uh, uh, the, the RNC is slowly picking up on, ta- not slowly, but I'm, what I mean is they, they had this first day, which was I'm proud to be an American, basically. I mean, the whole show was, you know, that song, so to speak. Then last night we started hearing from the people all across America uh, that are Republicans and talking about the issues that are facing uh, our country. And one of the issues that will be really come into the crosshairs is on Thursday when we start talking about ending our reliance on China and uh, the speech that's going to be delivered on that is going to come from the junior senator of uh, Arkansas, and that is Tom Cotton. And Tom Cotton is the man to talk about this. He's been talking about the problems with China for some time. Uh, some time. Uh, let me just read a couple of things the president says he wants to do. Bring back one million manufacturing jobs. Uh, allow 100% expensing deductions for essential industries like pharmaceuticals and robotics who bring back their manufacturing to the U.S. No federal contracts for companies who outsource to China. Just those three things, and there's there's about uh, nine of them here, are going to be put us into huge play with China. Well, Tom has been right to be warning of China's growing geopolitical threat, and I think it's one of the most important things that President Trump has done since he's been in office. I think President Trump uh, won, perhaps because of his uh, strong border security and immigration and uh, economic promises. Uh, and, tra- and when I say economic promises, I include trade in that. 
But another thing that's come of that, and I think that's the major contribution that he's made in the first uh, his first term, has been resetting this 25-year trajectory of global, not American, but global relations with China. Yes. This has been, um, we had a school of thought coming out of the, in the 1990s after Tiananmen Square, that by example and by leadership and by collaboration and by economic integration, we could persuade the Chinese Communist Party to join the family of nations and be a good actor. That's true. I think that was the strategy. Absolutely. And what we found, it's been completely rejected. Should people be condemned? You know, not necessarily. Uh, You know, it was a legitimate try. We saw it work in Europe. We saw it work in other places in Asia. Uh, We saw the Soviet Union fall. So there was optimism in the 1990s. And so I think it's after 25 years of trying, China has thumbed its nose every step of the way. And I rejected uh, this issue back in the 90s, uh, even when I was in business in Little Rock. I wrote a column about this saying that for China to successfully integrate, when they break the rules, they have to pay a price. And that's the part we never, never, never got right. They broke every trade arrangement. We let them in the World Trade Organization in 2001. They said they weren't going to uh, impede travel or engagement in the South China Sea. Uh, they didn't follow it. And so each instance along the way, and now it's moved into technology, it's moved into their predatory neo-colonial attitude with one belt, one road. And the United States is now, with President Trump's leadership, uniting the world on that original premise I had, which is China has to pay a price if they're not going to play by the rules. But it takes global leadership to pull that off because China is the largest creditor in the world. Don't forget that largest creditor in the world now and the second largest economy. You know, it's interesting about China. And you know what? There's always been libertarians will tell you if people can, uh, you know, uh, have uh, their champagne for their people and and lift their people out of poverty, then uh, they will uh, not only do that, but will embrace democracy as well. The Chinese said, no, we'll drink the champagne, and then we're going to take your industry and your freedom as well. Exactly. And no one is paying a higher price on this than the uh, Chinese people. Have the Chinese people prospered from 1984 until, say, 2014, pick a year? Of course. China's GDP has grown. China's output per person has grown. But now China is being repressed internally by Xi Jinping. Repressed. And in religion, they thought freedom might come, too. Let's face it. They've seen Hong Kong. They know what happens in Taiwan. Uh, And now, with the use of the Internet and the scoring techniques of the Chinese government, They are monitoring people's actions, their email, their traffic, their facial recognition, and they're now oppressing their people, shutting down any source of freedom of religion or freedom of speech or freedom of movement in China. All right. We're out of time, Congressman. What we're seeing in China internally is what we saw when Mao took over. That's what we're we're seeing that all over again. Uh, in, in China. We'll talk about that in the near future. Enjoy the rest of the RNC. We'll talk to you next Wednesday here on Thanks, the Dave Ellsworth Show. It. All, All right. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. 
Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got Rush coming your way. Let's uh, join him on 101.1 FM, The Answer. 24 minutes until 8 o'clock. You got 24 minutes to get to work on time if that's the time you got to be there. Uh, tomorrow, you might be uh, leaving a little bit early from wherever you live because uh, we're going to have some really big rains here in central Arkansas from uh, the remnants of Hurricane uh, Laura that will be moving over Arkansas and then up into uh uh, you know, the Missouri Valley, you know, it's going to be going up there. It's going to clip the southern part of Missouri and make a, a right turn as it goes, go across uh, uh, southern Illinois into Kentucky, uh, grab parts of Tennessee, West Virginia, Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, all that area is going to be inundated with rain going into the weekend as uh, Laura will lose steam and become a tropical depression. Still able to produce, you know, massive quantities of water. Uh, we're going to get two and a half to four inches of rain tomorrow and probably another inch and a half to two inches on Friday. So a lot of, uh, of uh, flash flooding. Uh, we went out yesterday, uh, Linda and I, and emptied... Uh, and uh, drain down the the pool some so that it will uh, be able to uh, catch the rain that's going to be falling and and fill it up. All right, I've been talking about what the president has put out dealing with what 2020 to 2024 will look like uh, if he's reelected, and I do believe that he will be. Uh, Let's go over a a few other things that uh, he talked about. We've talked about ending our reliance on China, we uh, we can tell you that you know his goal is to eradicate eradicate COVID nineteen. They want to develop a vaccine by the end of twenty twenty, return to normal in twenty twenty one, make all critical medicines and supplies for healthcare workers in the United States. Because here's what we all know, and we we best not forget it. This will be the last time. Uh, that Mother Nature throws us a curveball with a disease. Hopefully, uh, wherever it develops at, the country will be forthcoming and give us uh, straight information, which China did not give to us. So eradicating COVID-19, jobs, jobs, and more jobs, of course, as far as... uh, Uh, The president is concerned about ending uh, the reliance on China. Let me remind you, tomorrow night, now I won't be here tomorrow because i got to go see the doctor early in the morning taking this cast off of my foot, and I'll finally see, you know, what uh, my foot looks like after my surgery uh, tomorrow. But they'll be taking out stitches and staples tomorrow. Uh, So the, the speech that... Uh, Tom Cotton's going to be giving this tomorrow night, and I won't be on tomorrow to remind you about it, but you'll want to be listening to hear what the uh, junior senator from Arkansas has to say about ending our reliance on China. He's going to be taking on that subject, and uh, one of the things that they want to do is hold China fully accountable for allowing the virus, the COVID-19 virus, to spread around the world. The president talked about health care. He said, uh, I don't know if you, you heard him yesterday, but 
Uh, he was all over the place yesterday speaking about what he wants to do in 2020 20, through 2024. One of the things is cut prescription drug prices, uh, and they're working on that. In fact, the president said yesterday uh, a good possibility would be that uh, this policies that uh, that he's putting into, into place will really uh, get uh, traction uh, in the, the, the latter part of this year. He says, I want to be reelected so that I get credit for it and that uh, Joe Biden doesn't take credit for it. He said he wants to put patients and doctors back in charge of the health care system. He wants to lower health care insurance premiums end surprise billing, cover all pre-existing conditions. You know, that's the one thing that the Republican Party is always taking shots over. Well, you turn it over to the the uh, uh, insurance companies and they won't cover pre-existing conditions. That's not true. Protect Social Security and Medicare. And, uh, of course, the big lie that's out there right now that, you know, Pelosi keeps on. Pelosi, I should, show, I should call her Goebbels. Uh, she reminds me of Goebbels uh, for Adolf Hitler. You know, tell a big lie, uh, a big enough lie long enough, uh, people will believe it. And one of the lies that she's been telling is that uh, this cutting of uh, your taxes on your paycheck by the federal government by 7.5% is going to destroy Medicare and Social Security. Not true. They'll just move money from other programs to Social Security and Medicare. It's in the bill, by the way, saying that those programs will stay completely financial, uh, financially viable. And then protect our veterans and provide world-class health care and services. Uh, education provides school choice. Oh, boy. A lot of uh, teachers unions hate that word. Provide school choice to every child in America and teach American exceptionalism. In other words, let's go back to teaching American history the way it was before Zinn's uh, textbook got into uh, the American school system. Drain the swamp, which he's been doing, and it's been a long, arduous task for him and harder than I think that the president ever, ever expected uh, here in uh, the United States. Pass congressional term limits. They would like to pass that. The only way that's going to happen is through a uh, a uh, constitutional amendment. The Supreme Court has said that states cannot pass term limits on federal office holders because the uh, uh, Constitution says how many years you can serve. End bureaucratic government bullying of U.S. citizens and small businesses. Expose Washington's money trail and delegate powers uh, and give that back to the people and to the states of this country, and then drain the globalist swamp by taking on international organizations that hurt American cities. In other words, put America first. Uh, You know, I'm all about global trade. I'm all about free trade. But with free, you must have fair trade. And uh, we can't open our markets up 100% if the markets that we're opening up 100% to refuse to open their markets uh, to us.
We want to defend our police. And this is a big deal with the president. Should be a big deal with the American people. Uh, Gallup poll came out. 82% of Americans want more money for police. 82%. So you tell me how this defund the police is going to play. It is a decided minority that is making this happen. And we, the majority, have to stand up and put a stop to it. This is so reminiscent of the late 60s, early 70s, when the anti-war people morphed into a socialist uh, front and was trying to change America. And that's when the hard hats rose. Now, I don't know what the organization is going to be called. Uh, four years ago, the Tea Party rose. Uh, I th- and uh, a little earlier than that, the Tea Party rose. I think we'll see something like that, but I think stronger uh, forming up here in the next couple of years. Uh, and part of that will be defending our police and defending here in America, uh, you know, protections for American cities. They want to fully fund and hire more police and law enforcement officers. They want to increase criminal penalties for assaults on law enforcement officers. They want to prosecute drive-by shootings and acts of domestic terrorism. They want to bring violent extremist groups like Antifa to justice. And they want to end cashless bail and keep dangerous criminals locked up until uh, their trial. Then, of course, uh, illegal immigration and protecting American workers. I'll talk about that when we return. It's a quarter till eight. You got 15 minutes to get to work. If you got to be work at eight o'clock, this is the Dave Ellswick show. This is, of course, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we got about 11 minutes till eight o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick show. Gives me enough time. To finish up what Trump's vision is uh, for the next four years after he's reelected. And uh, we were going to talk about ending illegal immigration and protecting American workers. Now, the president has taken a lot of heat. He's, uh, you know, paid uh, a lot of political capital on this issue. And he uh, is going to continue to do that uh, as we move into his second term. He wants to block illegal immigrants from becoming eligible for taxpayer-funded welfare, health care, and free college tuition. And a lot of people say, well, they can't do that yet. Uh, well, yeah, they do. And uh, if you elect uh, Biden, he's already said that he wants to give illegal immigrants uh, free health care. So that, that's already on his agenda. He also wants to give free education, not just through high school. They get through high school right now because of what our Supreme Court said back in the 50s and uh, that we had to educate uh, illegal immigrants, which I still find uh, uh, specious, their argument for that. But uh, he's saying that if Congress tries to pass any laws like that, he'll veto them. Mandatory deportation for non-citizen gang members, uh, dismantling the human trafficking networks, and that's a terrible problem here in the United States. It's a terrible problem. 
There's uh, the Phoenix program and others that are national programs to uh, fight against human trafficking. Uh, There's a lot of uh, education that has gone on uh, with local police departments uh, to explain to them how human trafficking works and that some of the, the hookers that they're, you know, busting are uh, teenagers that have been forced into prostitution by human traffickers. Uh, he wants to end sanctuary cities, and I'm all about that. Absolutely. Uh, people that are saying, well, if you're illegal, come to our city and you can live in our city risk-free because we won't work with ICE. Uh, So anyway, they want to dismantle and end sanctuary cities to restore our neighborhoods and protect our families. Prohibit American companies from replacing United States citizens with lower-cost foreign workers. They're talking about H-1B visas. Uh, The best story I can give you on that is the one that I covered a couple of years back dealing with, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Disney. Uh, Disney was bringing in a lot of H-1B visa holders from India. And the way it's supposed to work, if a company wants to bring in uh, immigrants, Uh, that are trained in computers and things of that nature or uh, skills that they they need, they can do so, but only if they don't have the Americans to fill those positions. And Disney was bringing in people from India uh, at uh, $20,000 to uh, $30,000 less per person, giving them H-1B visa status, to work in the United States uh, and and replacing, not filling positions, but replacing American workers at that that time with cheaper workers. Uh, That was finally put an end to, and Disney had to pay some pretty massive fines uh, because of it. So they want to, to stop that, and that needs to be stopped. And then require new immigrants to be able to support themselves financially. Uh, it shouldn't be that you've got to win the lottery. In other words, your name's got to be drawn out of the hat and we'll let you come to this country. You should have to have merit. That used to be something uh, that was part of our immigration policies, and then we moved away from it because we... Uh, began to have people in our our uh, political realm that said, well, people, everybody wants to escape from uh, tyranny, so we'll take people in just because of they live it under tyranny or uh, the economy of a can- country is absolutely crap, so come over here to the United States. And here's what's happened. The, the, the salaries of American workers have been suppressed or pressed down because of that. So this was a way uh, to combat that. Not just everybody gets to come. You have to show you can support yourself financially. What that usually means, a marketable skill. 
You need to show you have a marketable skill and that you can get a job and that we don't have to worry about you mining into the, you know, uh, uh, Medicare program or Medicaid program to have health care insurance that you'll have enough money that you're making uh, for yourself that we won't have uh, 50 of you living in uh, a big house. Uh, That's not going to happen either. So those are things that uh, the president wants to do. And then uh, the last two, innovate for the future. He's already launched the Space Force. Uh, He does want to establish a permanent manned presence on the moon and then send the first manned mission to Mars. Uh, Build the world's greatest infrastructure system. Win the uh, race for 5G. Been seeing some ads on uh, television from Verizon. Have you seen them that now they're saying that they have 5G in all of uh, America? Uh, I'm going to look more into that. And they're uh, letting you buy uh, the new Note 20 5G uh, phone for a reduced price. Uh, whether you're a new customer or an existing customer. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Continue to lead the world in access to the cleanest drinking water and cleanest air. And then we want to partner with other nations to clean up our planet's oceans. And then America's first uh, foreign policy, American uh, being first. Uh, We want to help other countries, but America comes first. Uh, wants to stop the endless wars and bring our troops home. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, talked about that last night, said that that's why he votes for President Trump. Get our allies to pay their fair share, uh, for instance, on NATO. I mean, uh, Germany's still fighting that. You know, it's been 75 years since we won World War II. Uh, I personally feel like uh, Europe should be able to take care of themselves, and we don't have to have bases everywhere across the European continent. Boy, Germans were squealing like stuck pigs yesterday uh, because uh, we said that we were moving uh, uh, 20,000 troops out of uh, Europe, out of Germany. And uh, all of a sudden, all these businesses are screaming and say, well, we're, we're taking our business away from us. Uh, Well, don't depend on our troops being there forever. Maintain and expand America's unrivaled military strength. Wipe out global terrorists. The president's done a pretty good job of that. Uh, Took out the head, the starter of ISIS. Took out the number one terrorist that Iran had. And uh, ISIS does not exist the way ISIS existed when the president took over. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll just keep on, uh, you know, eradicating those people as uh, they come. I mean, it's a rat's nest of terrorist forms. you got to go in and you got to eradicate it. And then build a great cybersecurity defense system and missile defense system. I've been watching uh, where they're saying jobs are going to be at. If you're going into computers, it's in cybersecurity. That's where you want to, to, to lay yourself out at for next uh, 10 to 15 years. That's going to be a huge, huge, huge area. Well, that wraps it up for this morning, the live portion of the Dave Ellswick Show. 
Uh, I will be back at 6 o'clock with a recorded hour for you with uh, Duck and, uh, uh, of course, Joe talking about uh, cars at 6 o'clock. I'll uh, talk to you then, but I'll be back with you tomorrow, uh, uh, Friday. Tomorrow I will not be back with you. I'll be at the doctor's getting my cast off. So until Friday morning at 6 a.m., you have a good day. But we'll have a show on here on the Dave Elfrick Show. Let's get into the 6 o'clock hour here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. We've had some showers today. Uh, We're going to have a lot of rain for tomorrow and Friday as the remnants of Hurricane Laura come across uh, Arkansas and across Little Rock in particular and look for 2.5 to 4 inches of rain uh, tomorrow and about three inches of rain on Friday. So we're looking for a total, I'm going to just tell you, six to eight inches. So if you, and I want to, I talked about this in my show in the morning, guys, and I want you to talk about it a little bit more. I told my listeners, if you see moving water going across the roads, don't drive into it because it doesn't take a lot, like an inch worth of moving water on the highways to move you off the highway and maybe into an overflow culvert or some kind or a ditch or a stream, and you end up drowning because of it. Is that not true? Yes, that's true. Absolutely, Dave. If you can't see the road, turn around. Yeah, because there's two pieces of that. One, the movement of the water can move you off the highway because it's only a little patch of rubber on your tires that holds you on the on the highway. And number two, if you can't see under the water, you don't know if the road's there or not. Could have washed out. You don't know exactly where it is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's really dangerous. I lost a friend a few years ago uh, because of... Uh, he made, uh, you know, a very bad decision. I mean, he made it really bad. I mean, he pulled up in his pickup truck. Uh, water was going across the the, the road. It was uh, thigh deep where he was at. There were barriers up that said, don't try to cross it. And uh, for whatever reason, he felt like he must get home. And the way that he was going was the was the fastest way. And, guys, he decided that he would wade uh, across that, 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 that rushing water and, and get home. Well, he didn't get home. No. Nope. It's a terrible story to tell, but, you know, that, that's, that's a fatal lesson learned. Yes, it is. And, you Ultimate know, you, you, know, you want to make... You know, we all make mistakes. The key is not to make a fatal mistake. So if you see moving water on the highway, stay out of it. I mean, turn it, around, it, don't drown. 
Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a great saying. Turn around and don't drown because there's people. I'm just telling you, it looks like it's like an inch or an inch and a half deep. Well, that's all you need for the water to have enough power to push you off the highway, and that's all that's necessary. Uh, to cover up the road where you can't see it, and it's washed out the roadbed, and you and you and you mo- fall into a ditch or a, a, a roaring stream, and then then you're fighting for your life. That's and most time it's going to win. And moving water, a lot of it, people don't realize how bad that is. I remember I was up uh, on the Spring River. A few years ago, doing some trout fishing and some waders, and I was out in the uh, the river. And uh, you know, you just don't realize how strong the current of water is. But uh, you know, it was pushing me awful hard, and I had Linda and some waders, and uh, she wasn't being careful, and she fell down, and the water filled her waders real fast. And we were lucky we were able to grab her before she was swept down the stream. I, I, I think yep. about that even today, and I, I shudder to think what would have happened if that river had pushed her any more, any further down, uh, down the Spring River. Great place for trout fishing, but it can end up being your grave if you don't watch out. Just, yes. a, just a, a story of, of warning. All right, let's uh, let's do some stories uh, do, uh, about cars. I've got questions for you guys. Caleb's got a 2004 uh, Toyota Corolla S, a four-cylinder, 1.8-liter engine. He says, so I've replaced my motor and everything, my air blower motor. So I'm assuming since it's not working, it's something with the relay, but don't know how to tell. I've replaced the fuse box as well. What else could be causing my problem? Well, it's got a blower resistor on it, and that's probably what's wrong with it. Okay. And, and where is that located? Do you know off top of your head? It's in the heater case by right behind the glove box. Yeah, okay. right outside the motor. Right, yeah. right next to the motor, huh? Yeah. yeah. All right. I have a plug. Go ahead, Doc. It's going to have a plug, and, it, and that's what controls all your speed except high. When it goes to high, it goes to direct. <laughs> all right, so the bottom line is need to find that and then test it to make sure that it's uh, it's moving the current through it, right? Yeah, make sure you got 12 volts coming to it and make sure it turns, you know, you got all three of your speeds. Uh most likely he had a bad motor to start with, and that's what burned it up. All right. Yeah. The way that works, Dave, is you got 12 volts going to the motor. Right. Most of the time, 90% of the time. And how they control the speeds is they reduce the ground to the motor. So if you select low, it gives it a little ground. The motor runs at a slow speed. You medium at more ground, it's a medium speed. When you get up to high, it's 12 volts direct. Plus, it's fully grounded. That makes the motor run as fast as it can. But if the motor draws too many amps and burns the resistor up, you can put a new motor in it, you fix the cause, now you're working on the effects of that, which is the resistor's burned up. How difficult is that to get to uh, in his car? 
It's not that hard. All right. No. Right behind the glove box. So. Okay, so it's a it's a it's a doable uh, DIY kind of job, then, huh? If you if you've got the necessary knowledge. Yeah. All right. Just keep in mind, DIY, as Kenneth Sullivan says, is destroy it yourself. <laughs> uh, not do it yourself, but destroy it yourself. Because a lot of times people watch uh, YouTube or they get on, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the web and read up on it. Or maybe you got a book. Remember when they used to have the books that you would buy for your car and it told you how to fix everything on it? Well, let me tell you what I pictures in do you, yeah, what are the, Col, was old Colton books? Is what that what they were called? Chilton. Uh, Chilton yeah. books. Chilton. Chilton yep. books. And I, <laughs> I used to get them for my car. Here's the key I found out real fast. A picture may be worth a thousand words, but it's probably two thousand words short of what you need to do to fix it. <laughs> Just say it. It doesn't tell you everything is what I'm saying. Same thing with YouTube. No. Exactly the same thing. All right, let's continue. Go ahead. Go ahead. Even today's databases and what you see on the Internet and YouTube doesn't tell you everything because each repair on every car, they they can mirror be all the same, and then you'll have one that's a little bit different. And that's the one you're going to have to really bear down and work hard on. Right, Doug? Yeah, I mean, and no two repairs are identically the same. Yeah, let's talk about that as well. No two repairs are, are the same. That's the same repair on the same brand of auto we're talking about. Those repair jobs are going to be different, correct? Yeah, most times yeah, you're going to run into something. Go ahead, Joe. Well, uh, I, what I was going to say is it's like, you know, you you do the same thing every day. Uh, for instance, uh, let's just go with uh, something that's been real popular here, Duck. Uh, five, seven Hemi motors, okay? Rock oh, arms, yeah. uh, lifters, camshafts, stuff like that. Then you'll get one that's all right. Oh, well, we know what that is. We've heard this before a hundred times. And you'll take the Valkyrie off and look down there, and we had one the other day, and the head was cracked on it right there where the uh, rocker arm bolted Rock down. Arm. That's when we were losing yeah. oil pressure. It's different. Same sound. Everything looked the same, but it was completely different repair. Yeah, well, we had one, dope. We had one on a 5.3 uh, a Chevrolet. You know, they're about the same, eating up camshafts and lifters, and had yeah. a had a had a lifter noise in it, and Tim went in you know he done ordered a kit for it you know to put everything in it and went into it and that sucker had a push rod pushed through the rock arm how oh, many wow. times have you seen that lately well that's a rare one too so you know you all know, things put a rock like arm on it and put it back together and it run fine yeah sometimes all things seem like they're the same but they're not every every time yeah. you do one you need to be aware that something could possibly be different and change the scenario, and of course, what's wrong with it actually changes what it costs to fix it. That guy got lucky; yeah. he got out a lot cheaper than thirty five hundred dollars. <laughs> oh yeah, and he was tickled to death when I called and told him. Or Russell called and told him, said, "Hey, we got your car ready, your truck ready to go home." And he said, "Huh?" 
They said, yeah, all you had, we put a rocker arm in a, in a push tube on it. You know, and I, like Russell told him, said, you know, we may have to go back later on, but he said, that's all right. You know, but, you know, instead of being $3,500, like you said, it wind up, you know, like $300. Yeah. Oh. And just so, just so happened, the first valve cover he pulled off when he found it, in which that's unusual. Yeah, it's it's nothing like being lucky. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me say that the force was with him. <laughs> yeah. You betcha. Mm-hmm. That was what was going on. Okay, we're going to have to take a break here in just a moment. We got uh, Joe and Duck here. Let me remind you that since we do this show at 6 o'clock in the evening now, uh, we recorded earlier in the day. If you have a question for Joe and Duck, you can get it to us. Send it to Heidi. H E I D I. H E I D I at Salem, S A L E M L R dot com. If you got a question, that's where you send it. And then uh, Heidi will get it, forward it to me, and then I'll ask it on the air the next time that Duck and Joe are on on a Wednesday, and they can answer it for you. When we come back, Rome has a 2003 Chevy Impala LS, six-cylinder, 3.8-liter engine. A lot of those cars are on the highway. And he says, I need some water pump diagnostic Advice. We'll get his story when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Segment of the Dave Ellswick Show here in the 6 o'clock hour with Joe Sharp from Joe's Garage out on Crystal Hill Road in North Little Rock. And Duck is here. It's uh, Don Godsey. He he is the owner of Duck's uh, Garage. It's in Benton, uh, and uh, he is out on... uh, Fair Lane Drive out by the old airport. You you get on Fair Lane uh, off of the access road, and you cannot miss Duck's Garage. Uh, all those cars parked around that building that in that uh, that business. Uh, that's not by accident. Okay, just so you'll know, it's not by accident. All right. So, oh, by the way, I we got a couple of moments. Let me tell everybody, uh, Duck, you're going up north uh, to start planning food plots this weekend is that right yep i'm going tomorrow afternoon oh man you're going up there when the rain's going to be really coming down i don't bother me none i got i got a cab on my tractor well that's going to be a good thing because the the soil should turn up real easy if it gets oh yeah you get it moist we're we're going to bush hogs uh friday me and my brother we're going to go up around bush hog friday so when they get there Saturday, Friday night, and then Saturday morning, we'll get up and start planting. It'll take all day to plant it. Oh yeah, and, and what are you what are you guys going to be planting? You any sorghum? No, we plant. Uh, we got wheat, and then I've got a mixture of stuff from farmers down there in Benton. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They make uh, a sixty pound bag, and it's got winter wheat. It's got uh, winter peas, clover in it, uh, turnip greens in it. It's just got a mixture of stuff that the deer like. And uh, we'll mix all that all up together and plant it all. It'll, it'll take two fifty-five gallon barrels to, of wheat to plant everything. Now, what's good about what you're doing is uh, deer <laughs> like indigenous plants to the area, which all of those are that you're going yeah. to be planting. And uh, you know, you just don't have to put up a bunch of 
corn feeders that's throwing out uh, throwing out corn, which, by the way, uh, the deer will show up. They, they figure out what time the corn is going to go off, and they show up for when it's going to work. So people need to keep that in mind. Save yourself some money and plant. That works much better. Looks better for the land, too. Oh, yeah. green. The wheat we plant will stay green all the way up until June. That's when it starts dying out. So, you know, it, it, it carries them all winter long, something to eat. I'll tell you what, this uh, this fall, I'm, I'm going to make my way up. I'm going to, by then I'll have my AR-15, 12-gauge. I might go come out and, and uh, bring that with me and uh, get on one of your shooting lanes that's not real long, you know, maybe 40 to 50 yards and, and, and do some hunting with 12-gauge. That might be fun. We need, we need to go coon hunting. I got I got one stand I counted yesterday. Yeah. It had thirteen coons on it last night. Oh my gosh! They were five mind, hanging would, on the feeder at one time. I wouldn't mind having uh, taking a coon. Just I'd have it take it to the taxidermist. I like coons, but I like them when they're stuffed <laughs> and they're not tearing stuff. I got a I got a place in my living room. I've thought about that. It's got kind of a recessed area. Joe, you know what I'm talking about. It's over at my TV, and 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 sit yeah. and put them put them up there and have that coon looking out over the edge. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, they get a black nice. squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for this uh, Rome question? Let me get to it because I told everybody we'd, we'd get to it. Uh, he needs some cooler, coolant circulation uh, advice. He's got an issue. He says, my vehicle overheats rapidly after turning it on and operating the gas pedal. So I've noticed that there seems to be no coolant circulation. I went uphill with my vehicle, and apparently some coolant was able to flow through, bringing the huge heat spike down to almost the coolest level. Amazingly, it happened within seconds, but after reaching level ground again, my engine only continued to rise in heat. I've already uh, bought all the things required to complete a full water pump replacement, and I was just wondering if there is any surefire way in testing that it is in fact a water pump failure before I proceed with tearing into the engine and replacing the water pump. Dave, does he say what kind of vehicle this is? Yeah, yeah. He says it's a a 2003 Chevy Impala LS six-cylinder 3.8 liter. Yeah, I, I I don't think that uh, when he says he goes uphill and the temperature comes down, I don't think it's full. What do you think, Doc? What I was thinking, I don't think it got all the air burped out of it. That's what it sounds I mean, like. Well, it like it's got an air block in it. Yeah, you know, it's probably got a slow leak somewhere and it's low on coolant and and, uh, and a water pump won't pump nothing if it if it's not submerged in the coolant. And if you change the angle of the motor, if you raise the motor up and the coolant thought washes back, it'll pump it. But it, it, it's cavitating, and I think it's cavitating because it's low on coolant. Okay. All right. So, you know, before he uh, before he goes out 
and starts tearing into his engine to replace the water pump, probably a good idea to maybe bring the car over to a bumper-to-bumper certified service center because changing and filling up the coolant is not the easy job that it used to be. Well, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Well, what I was thinking to say is he needs to have a pressure test and make sure, you know, what his leak is and find his leak and repair it, and then we'll get it full of water, and that'll probably stop the problem. (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean, if it's low on coolant, it's leaking. You don't use it up and you don't wear it out. It's got to be contained. So he might very well have a water pump that's leaking out the weep hole or something and may need a water pump, but you need to get it completely filled up and pressure tested to find the leak and then move forward from there. All right, so let me um, repeat the wise words of Joe, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of car repairman. Test, don't guess. That's correct. And you can test this so you don't have to just guess at it. How much does a water pump uh, kit cost, guys? For this Impala. Oh, for the Impala? Yeah. Uh, they're $70, $80, I think, best I can remember. And the uh, the labor would run you what? You said that was the 03 model? Yes. Go ahead, Joe. Said to test it, pressure test it, find the leak, fill it, uh, replace the pump, and put the uh, antifreeze it needs back in it. He's probably going to spend about three hundred dollars. All right. So the bottom yeah, line is three to four. All right. You're yep. talking three to four hundred dollars, and uh, much better to go ahead and to uh, you know spend that money and get it fixed instead of having to spend even more money. We're out of time. Got to take a break. Let's do that, guys. Get ready uh, for the news. Then we'll come back. I got more questions for you here for Joe and Duck on the Dave Ellswick Show. Moving to the third segment here of the Dave Ellswick Show. Joe and Duck are with me answering car questions. Now, remember, we record this segment earlier in the day, so you can't call in. But you can Email us. Email us at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, that's my producer, Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R, dot com. And that'll get to Heidi. Heidi then gets it to me. Then I get it to Joe and Duck when they're on the air the next time. And uh, it's kind of like playing that game uh, uh, of, uh, you know, secret when you whisper and you know, somebody gives you a, a secret and then you whisper it into the next person's ear and then they whisper it in the next person's ear all the way down. It's kind of it's kind of like that, except that we get the question correct because you type it out for us. That's Heidi, H-E-I-D-I at SalemLR.com. All right, Samantha. Got a 2013 Chevy Silverado 1500 LTZ, eight-cylinder, 5.3-liter engine. The sunroof slider is broken. It needs to be replaced. She says one of the plastic sliders that attaches to the sunroof assembly has broken. Needs to be replaced. I don't see how I can remove the old slider and replace it with a new one that's uh, that I've picked up. The slide motor works fine, 
and the plastic clip goes forward and backwards in the trough. But I can't seem to figure out how to get the old one out and replace it with the new sliders. Can you guys help her on this? Oh, yeah. Okay, go, Joe. uh, She's going to have to. You're going to have to remove the the sunroof from the vehicle. To do that, you have to take the headliner out. It comes in from the bottom side. Oh, jeez. Yes, yep. and it's probably not something she may be able to buy the part, but I don't think she's capable of disassembling the, the uh, sunroof and making the repair and getting it back in. It's a huge job, <laughs> isn't it, Doug? Yeah, it's it's a three or four or five hour job if everything goes well. Well, just taking the header out uh, in your car is a is a huge labor intensive job. Yeah, Dave, and think about that. Go ahead, ahead, Joe. Uh, well, what I was going to say is to get the headliner out, A pillar post, B pillar post, all the trim front and back has to come down. The headliner is one piece. Oh, my it gosh. Has to come out. If it has an overhead console right at the back, if it's got any kind of, you know, video games and stuff in it behind the sunroof or the rear seats, it's, all that stuff's got to come out of there. It can be extremely complicated and hard to do, and it's probably not something she's qualified for. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing you here because I wouldn't try that. I mean, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't try in fixing a car, but I can tell you, I I replaced a headliner back in a, a 1971 Oldsmobile Cutlass one time, and it took me all freaking day to do that. And I can only imagine what it would be like to not only replace that headliner in this car, but also to replace the sunroof. That. You want to take this to a bumper-to-bumper certified service center. I mean, I'm thinking it's well, even diff- it may be even difficult for you guys because I don't know how often you all have to remove and replace a liner. Is that something that you do often? Most of the time I send mine to the, uh, the, the top shop. I don't do them myself. How about you, Doug? Same way. I send mine over to the body shop. Oh, mine over to Chad. Yeah. He, he's got a guy over there that can he can do it in about I sent one over about three months ago it took him about four hours to do it and that's somebody who does it on a regular basis well uh, the thing about that is Dave they've got all the tools to pull the trims off and all that stuff yeah to make sure you don't break no trim because all the trim inside got to come off and it's basically plastic correct yeah yeah and some of these older cars, when they you know they get seven eight years old, this plastic gets hard and you know and you know it's brittle. just uh yeah it's kind of like you know Joe on the Dodge trucks when we get them in, I'll go out Russell yeah. go out and look at the dash and talk to the customer explain to the customer when I touch this dash to put a heater core in it it's going to fall all to pieces do you understand how many of you pulled in look good and in time you get them out they're broke all to pieces Joe. Uh, Bull them in, they look good when they leave there in 500 pieces. Yeah, and, that, you know, you got to, and, and we all know that, so we explain that to the customer and, you know, and, and explain it to them. And, you know, uh, there is a company now, Joe, that's making them aftermarket uh, that they work good. I mean, I was amazed. Russell ordered one off the Internet, and it the paint, the color matched, and it snapped right in place. 
I mean, he'd have done just a very little bit of trimming to get it to work right. Oh, that's good. What kind of price was it? They was about three hundred dollars. Well, that's a little cheaper than the OEM stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, come out of Florida where it comes from. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and some of the older ones now you can't get from OEM no more. I know. Yeah, they quit making them here. You can you could uh, buy uh, what they call a at the <laughs> truck place, you know, a, a carpet looking thing that fit up there and yeah. velcro down, and cover up all in the cracks. Yeah. And that's uh, and people don't understand that, and then you tell them how much money it's going to cost to replace your heater core, and they have sticker shock. They don't understand that that's because that that dash just falls apart, right? Well, no, no it's because you got to pull it all out. It's just time-consuming. Yeah, I'll tell you a story about one that I had. It was a Dodge truck, and we put an engine in it. And the guy picked it up, and he had a couple other things he wanted done. So he drove it for a couple of weeks, and they brought it back. And he said, I want you to go ahead and do this and this on it. And I said, okay. And he said, but I need to show you something. And I said, all right, what is it? Went out there, and he opened the door up, and he said, do you see that dash panel in the top of my dash there? I said, yeah, it's cracked. He said, well, it wasn't like that before you guys put the motor in it. I said, well, sir. I said, we didn't do that. Yes, you did. It wasn't like that before you put the motor in it. I said, well, I'll tell you what. If you walk around this lot and find another Dodge truck on it without one cracked, I'll buy it for you. But if you find another one that's cracked, you're on your own. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, there's two sitting over there on top of the hill. Go look at them. They're about one or two year different. He come back and he said, well, those are all broke to pieces. I said, yours will be too. Shortly. And, and that's the way it is. There's not anything we can do about it. We didn't build it. No. We have to contend with it because it's plastic. It gets brittle and it and, and deteriorates and to the point to where if you touch it, it breaks. Well, I'll I tell them this too, Joe. Look at your windshield. On the inside of your windshield, when you get that, that uh, fog-looking stuff on the windshield, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I, yep. That is the stuff coming out of the dash. That's the the particles coming out of the dash, and that's and when you uh, you just can't do nothing with them. I mean, they they just fall all to pieces. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that shows you that it's degrading, and it's an easy way to see yeah. it. I'm, if people wonder what is that film you get on the inside of your windshield, that's what it is. It is your dash, and uh, to a certain extent, the. Uh, interior of your car degrading correct yes what all, all plastics made from petroleum products and yes. what you're seeing is that is the petroleum vapors being emitted from the plastic and when when they finally all leave and that plastic completely dries out it's brittle it's like a potato chip yeah, it's it's bad brittle, and there's nothing you can really do with it. All right, just something, just words uh, of of wisdom to file away in your IBM, your uh, you know itty bitty mind, like I do, and hold it there to know that that's what's going to happen if they have to work on your car and pull your dash. All right, Gabriella has a 2014 Suzuki Swift. 
GLX four-cylinder, 1.4-liter engine car. She says, uh, when I come to a stop at traffic lights, some of the time when I press the accelerator, the car will start to vibrate and shake and hesitate for a few seconds, like 5 to 15 seconds before actually accelerating. The traction control light has also been on for about six months, although I'm unsure if it's related. My car has also started either not starting or it will start and occasionally just die when driving, although once turning it off and back on, it usually writes itself. It's been to four different mechanics, and nobody is sure what the issue is. Have uh, have you guys experienced this or know what could be causing it? Start with you, Joe. Okay, well, I'm going to say first thing I'd be looking at on that vehicle would be the crank sensor. The no start, the no crank, cranking and it's spinning over and not starting two or three times. And, yep. and you know the 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 symptoms from it being bad, stumbling at a low RPM, but a higher RPM is better. I think probably I'd be looking at the crank sensor, and a lot of times you won't get a code for that unless you catch it doing it and have it on the scanner and reading reading the live data. So I think that's probably where I would be looking at first. What what what's your thoughts, Doc? Well, you know, Joe, it could be that it's it's causing it to vibrate and shake too, because it may not be getting the correct signal. Uh, you know, I, in that situation, that's one of them. You just put a crank sensor in it and say, "Hey, go drive it, and let's see what happens." You know, with, unless, like you say, unless you can catch it, you know, on the scanner when it's doing it, then you can say, "Okay, here it is." But uh, they did have a little bit of crank code, uh, crank sensor problem out of them things. Uh, but you know, that's one of them. You just put a sensor in it and try it and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. All right. And you guys have run into this before. So this is a a case and I got, I got about a minute and a half here, Joe. Uh, this is a case where hooking the scope up or the computer to the car and driving the car allows you to find this crank sensor problem, correct? Well, all, if you can get it to do it. Yeah, all all intermittents are tough. All intermittents are tough to 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 do and, and you know to really explain if you do something to the car and then go road test it, have you fixed it or is it just by happenstance it's not doing it? And, you know, if you can't get really good information from it, that year model, the data on that was limited, too, okay? But going from experience, and if you could get it to do it, it helps you a whole bunch just sometimes by driving it, catching it on the scanner, lab scope, whatever you can do, you know? And then you get a feel for really what's going on. But sometimes in the flow chart, on the diagnostic chart, it, it tells you install known good part and retest. So that's back to what, what we would do. Would probably put one in it and and drive it and see if it did any good for it. You know. So. All right. Yeah. 
We'll move on here in just a moment. We've got to take our final break for this hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. You're listening to 101.1 FM, The Answer. Don't forget the rain's going to come, and it's going to come heavy over the next couple of days. Final segment with Joe and Duck today, talking cars. Remember, if you have a car question, email us, because we record this segment earlier in the day. You want to send your question to Heidi, H-E-I-I, at Salem, S-A-L-E-M-L-R, one word, dot com. And uh, your question will get to her. She'll get it to me. And then the next time that Joe and Duck are on, they'll answer your question. All right, Stephen has a 2005 Chevy Impala base, uh, six-cylinder, 3.4 liter. He says, and this is, a, this is an interesting question. When I turn my windshield wipers off, they park just fine. But when I use one of the intermittent speeds, it pauses in the middle of the windshield instead of at the bottom. I can't find anyone else who's ever had this problem, so I'm stumped. What do you think is the problem, guys? Let's start with you, Duck. Go. What year model was it? 2005 Chevy Impala. Well, if it parks normally when it turns it off, I don't believe I've ever seen that neither. What do you think, Joe? Well, I think that it, it's not it's not a motor problem because the park unit's in the I motor. I don't think so, neither. I think it's a delay module. It's going to have to be that. The delay module is, is not letting it come to full stroke to park at the lower level. Because when you turn those wipers off, they don't just turn off. They actually go no. down, and then they'll move down a little bit more and park. And, yeah. and and so that tells me that the motor and the park unit and the motor is working and everything, but the delay module is probably just intermittently cutting the signal off early. That's why they're stopping in the middle. I've never seen it before, but uh, that's probably a pretty good idea of where to start looking at. I think so. Okay, so they're going to have to go into the uh, – uh, your steering wheel uh, shaft, correct? Well, you can access that. That's that delay module. You can look at some data on that on a scanner, okay? And and I, I don't know that there's any setup or, or, or what you would call calibrating or anything like that on that. But you can definitely look at the module and, and see the switch, and it'll tell you the switch is on, switch is off, it's on delay. And you can get some information from that module to see what's going on. Yeah, you probably could get enough out of it to figure it out. I mean, you'd have to, it, it'll take a, you know, an hour or so to figure it out, but you, you can get it figured out and get it repaired. Okay, so what are you looking at a repair for something like that? Just a ball, a ball, a ballpark. I think the delay module is probably. Uh, you know, I'd really want. I'd need to know if that had automatic wipers on it. Also, too, if it had the rain sensor in it. There, there's two or three variables there, Dave. But you know, I'm thinking, you know, at the most three or four hundred dollars. Yeah, I've right. seen say less than five hundred. 
All right, we got uh, just a few minutes left. Let's try to get at least one more question in. Carol has a 2012 Hyundai Sonata GLS four-cylinder, 2.4-liter engine. Says my key is hard to uh, turn my car over. I have to play with it, and sometimes it won't let me start the car. Do I need a new ignition switch? No. Probably needs a new key. No. Yeah. It's probably going to be wore down to the brass, and she has to wiggle it, and if she'll take it to a yep. locksmith. And that year model, that that that's a security chip key, so it would have that to be, uh, you know, that's right. And, and But I'll bet you if they get it uh, a new key in there, if she has another key that she doesn't use, a spare one, I bet if she puts it in there, it'll work fine. Yeah, and probably, Joe, she's got 14 things hanging on the key ring. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> and I right. I tell people every day, they come in there and got all that stuff. I said, you don't realize what you're causing when this thing goes down the road and that thing swings back and forward, just steady wearing that key out. I, you know, and like we had one the other day, the key was $300 to get a key made. Absolutely. You know, the key itself is expensive, but... You know, there was a time you could go into a parts store and buy a lock and key cylinder assembly, and it would come with a key yeah. in the cylinder, and you just turned it, and it slipped in. Those uh-huh. days are over. The housings sometimes are made in the steering columns, and the tumbler units, they all have to be keyed separately. It takes a locksmith or somebody in the a garage repair business that is familiar with doing it. But that key bouncing up and down with a bunch of crap hanging on it, you could potentially cost yourself the price of the key was to rekey the lock and key cylinder and just rekeying the lock and key key cylinder can be somewhere in upwards of two or $300, right, Doug? Yeah, it, every time. I mean, you know, and that's what I tell people. They come in with all them keys on it, and I explain to them, hey, look, you need to take these off. Uh, you need to put nothing but the key and the fob on it. Uh you know, that that's why it comes the way it comes. And, you know, uh, but it's hard to get people to understand to take them off, though, ain't it, Joe? <laughs> yeah, it is. They don't believe you. They don't care. Or, you know, mostly you see it with the guys aren't too bad. If guys come in there and they got stuff on their key ring, it's 42 other keys to everything they own. But <laughs> yeah. the women are the ones with the, with the cans of mace, the brass knuckles, uh, the uh, oh yes, ornament that are hummingbirds and you know anything they can think of is on there, and all that stuff is just waiting as that key bounces up and down. It wears out the the key in the lock and key cylinder. So, all right, yeah, I've had them to do it many times, and I tell them you need to go take this off, and then I show them the key. I said, look here, what you're doing to the key, and you know they look at me like, well, what's that got to do with it? All right. <laughs> All right, guys, I hear the music behind us. That means we have to wrap it up here on this edition of Joe and Duck Join Dave on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll get back together next Wednesday, guys, and continue uh, speaking. Duck, have a great weekend dealing with getting the deer uh, going. And, uh, Joe, I don't know what you've got planned. Probably you're going to be like sitting at home and staying dry the way I do. All right, so I'll see you guys in the next Wednesday. I will be back on Friday at 6 a.m. Tomorrow, Robert Steinbach fills in for me as I uh, 
hopefully come to an end on this thing with my foot. Have a great day. 6 a.m. Friday on the Dave Ellswick Show.